0: com and pre-register today at com slash registration to get your free Beaxi exchange tokens. That's B E A X Y.
1: B-E-A-X-Y.com. I'm Bruce Fenton and this is Rekt.
0: Hello and welcome to Wrecked Podcast. I am Bunchu alongside my esteemed colleagues and co-hosts, Crypto Chamber. Chamber, how are you, buddy?
2: It's a good day today in Canada. They, um, they just opened, uh, I just spent most of the afternoon waiting in line to uh, get into the first brick-and-mortar cannabis stores, um, so it's uh, going to have to show solidarity for my kin uh, kinfolk. <laughs> Here in, uh, you're here in the Ontario. only
0: one I know. You're the only one I know that would wait in line for <laughs>
2: there was How are they opening
0: on April 1st. They should be opening on the 20th. Well,
2: honestly, I agree. Two things I thought uh, it was interesting, it may have been a sting operation by the, the local uh, police department, uh, having a <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, it was uh, it was totally legit. Um, but yeah, I know there was, I was literally waiting. There's a hundred people waiting in line uh, all day at 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 every given point. They are bringing people in about half a dozen at a time, That's and crazy. yeah, we waited about yeah hour hour and a half. Uh, and but Cynthia, I,
0: how are you doing right. this afternoon? I'm good, just normal. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> uh, we have a, a very special guest with us this evening, Bruce Fett. And Bruce, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Wonderful. So we are super excited to have you. Um, For those who may not know Bruce, Bruce is the CEO and founder of Atlantic Financial Chainstone Labs. Uh, He was part of the Satoshi Roundtable and is on the board of Medici Ventures. So we are very, uh, very glad to have you here to chat with us today. Um, so let's get right into it. Uh, Bruce, we always ask our guests how they kind of got into crypto, where they were before this crazy
1: journey, and how they got to where they are today. Sure. So where I was before this crazy journey was I've been in the investment business basically my whole life. Um, my mom was a stockbroker starting when I was a little kid, so I got my first job as an assistant to the stockbrokers when I was about 14, and I got my first investment license when I was 19, and I had that license for 18 years or so, but then after that became a registered investment advisor and have worked with all kinds of customers from very, very uh, poor people in some of the poorest countries working on poverty initiatives to kind of doing financial planning for regular American investors, all the way up to advising some of the wealthiest decabillionaires and large pools of money in the world. So I was always interested in emerging markets and the emerging economy and this sort of crypto space combined a couple of the things that I was really interested in free markets and uh, economics and technology so I got into crypto I got first started hearing about it around 2012 and I got into it full time by 2013 and in that period since then I've done a lot of stuff, invested, worked on a lot of different projects and had a lot of fun a lot of adventures So what was it that uh, drew you to crypto? Originally it was probably speculation, uh, <laughs> but what orig- what got me really interested in it was the convergence of kind of this sort of decentralized idea that you don't need, this is Bitcoin originally, uh, that you don't need government to run money for you. And th- and as somebody who has always been interested in free free market economics and small government, limited government, that was really interesting to me. And then after I got after i started with speculation then i started learning more and i became more appreciative of a lot of these other things that make it cool these kind of other things that uh, you know th- that work around the decentralization and the security and the way that it works and then after that there became a lot of other uses for this technology i think
0: so I- i've heard uh, some of the things you've talked about before in relation to specifically um securities tokens. And I kind of want to get into that a little today. Um, Can you just tell our audience maybe who isn't familiar what a security token would be? And what is it? Sure.
1: So the best way to answer that is a security, first of all, uh, we, we want to define what a security is. Security means different things in different places. In the United States, it's defined by the Securities of Act of 1933 and other rules, which basically say kind of anything that relates to a stock bond, evidence of indebtedness, all of these other terms. Basically, if you were to summarize all that into one simple word or phrase, it would be something like a tradable agreement okay so it's basically an agreement that says that two parties have terms it could be we're gonna share revenue we're gonna share equity something like that and then they have this agreement and then you can trade the agreement. You can sell the agreement to somebody else or you can sell a piece of the agreement to somebody else. That's what a security is basically. And those have been around for hundreds of years and they've built the foundation of the entire global economy. Every kind of company or venture that you can think of is somehow either a security directly in the case of Apple, Facebook, Tesla, Google, and many other things, or it's usually related to a security. So securities are a big deal. The second part is tokenized that will be maybe even more familiar to many of your viewers or listeners that uh, tokenized basically means you're taking the ledger and you're putting it on a distributed ledger like a blockchain and then the shares become or the shares or whatever security it is become digital and they're digitally tradable. So you're basically trying to take these agreements and make them move as easily as something like a bitcoin or an ethereum could move. So
0: what is, you know, the main difference I think I've heard you say that, you know, that these digital securities are different than, you know, what we would think of as a typical cryptocurrency, correct?
1: Yeah, for sure. Cryptocurrencies are valued different ways. If it's truly a currency, a crypto, like a real cryptocurrency, like Bitcoin, is probably the best example of a you know it's definitely a cryptocurrency. Then currencies are valued differently than securities. Currencies are based on the scarcity, the uh, durability, the fungibility, how much it's accepted. These kind of things are what define uh, the value of currencies. But securities are defined by the terms of that agreement. Uh, the terms of the agreement are what matter. So if you have an agreement from the board of directors of Apple that says this token or this piece of paper represents 10% of our company, well, that's worth billions of dollars. If you have an agreement that says, hey, give us this money and you don't get anything, which is kind of what the agreement you had with many ICOs, (laughs) that may not, not be a good agreement. So it's really just the value of the agreement. doesn't mean securities are good or bad, but they're just valued differently. Same with currencies. Most currencies are bad. Some are good. Some are bad. But you just you look at them differently. It's apples to oranges.
0: So uh, you you mentioned you know ICOs. Uh, so how how would one kind of evaluate uh you know a security token versus something like an ICO, where you know we don't like you said there is no real agreement you're just kind of purchasing essentially uh or you know we've seen with utility tokens and things like that so um you know it seems to me that you would be able to kind of value a security token a little more accurately i guess uh based on you know there's obviously people have been valuing security, evaluating securities for years and years
1: and years. Um, Is that accurate? Yeah, for sure. The good news is with securities is that it's a field that's been around for, you know, really centuries, but it's been around in its modern form for decades. There's books that are 50 years old that are still very accurate about how to analyze securities because agreements are agreements. And in the modern world, just as you know the you know 50 years ago it's kind of the modern world you va- you value these things based on the terms of the agreement which are pretty straightforward first of all is it a company do they have revenue how much money are you going to make what is this agreement worth in terms of dollars and those things are pretty straightforward with how to analyze them. There's a lot of experts. Pretty much any chartered financial analyst or a whole bunch of other people would be able to analyze almost any token. Uh, just because it's a token doesn't really change the, the the way that the security is valued. It may a little bit, but you can definitely put a valuation on these things by using standard security analysis tools. So um,
0: why you know why is... Why do you think blockchain is the right way to go for the future of these securities? What makes
1: blockchain the, the way to go there? Well, the interesting thing is it really comes down to the ledger, the way the ledgers work. And the way that securities ledgers work now are typically two ways. For small companies, startups... And that means you know even many that are tens of millions of dollars and hundreds of hundreds or even thousands of employees those companies typically keep track of the ledger of who owns what they keep it themselves or maybe they work with a couple of their key venture capitalists or something so they pretty much keep that ledger on a excel spreadsheet and that's okay but it doesn't enable them to trade it around the world very much. It doesn't enable the shares to move very easily. It's kind of clunky. The other type of ways that shares and securities currently trade is through these huge public markets. And in those cases, the ledger is run by these big giant centralized organizations like the DTC and Euroclear. And the reason these organizations exist is basically because all of these brokers all around the world don't trust each other to tell the other one what the ledger is. So Merrill Lynch is not going to tell Charles Schwab, hey, here's how many shares of Apple our customers own, and here's how it settled out at the end of the day. Uh, by the way, twenty or about 30, 40 years ago, they used to settle these shares at the end of the day with bicycles. They'd kind of drive around to the firms and <laughs> and settle it. Uh, it's, it's probably more like, it's more like 50 years ago that that became a real problem, and there was a lot of scaling and capacity issues in the late 60s that related to this. So anyway, they because of that, all of these brokers got together and trusted a third party, DTC, in the United States' case, and Euroclear and other uh, agencies outside of the United States because you had this issue. So what a blockchain does, it solves that ledger issue for both cases. It solves it for small companies. It solves it for larger companies that are trading on public markets. And the way it solves it is that neither of those companies need to worry about what's true. They don't need to manage who owns what just like I can own a Bitcoin and I don't need to know how many Bitcoin you own or whether you really own them or not to know what mine is worth. And you can very, very, very easily prove to me how much Bitcoin you own if you needed to, if we had a vote or something like that. And that's the way we're trying to go with tokenized securities. They won't quite trade as easily or, you know, hopefully they'll trade as easily as Bitcoin. But there's a lot of clunky things that sort of need to be attached to it uh, around identity and things like that. Some of them are from for compliance reasons. And hopefully we can work on solutions that comply with the law that are also very sort of cypherpunk and free. Uh, but some of them are not legal solutions the legal solutions are almost easier to solve uh worst case you could try and change the law but there's a lot of ways to comply with the law and 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 do it in a way that's less clunky but the harder thing to 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 sort of decentralize away are some of the control issues that issuers want to have around securities that relate to identity because it's not easy to move identity around with crypto and i wouldn't really want to in a perfect world we'd have stocks move just like bitcoin can move but that wouldn't be perfect for issuers because they need to know sort of who owns their shares and that kind of thing so there's some there's some issues to solve with it but the big benefit overall is that you're not relying on a trusted third party for the ledger you're allowing the blockchain to be the ledger and the reason that's cool Is because when the blockchain is the ledger, you can move securities all over the world. There's a reason that right now, if you're American, it's very difficult to buy securities from Africa or Japan, anywhere in Asia, really anywhere in the world other than America. And the same goes for them. Uh, Investors in China or Saudi Arabia have a very difficult time buying shares in American companies. And the markets close at the end of the day, and there's all kinds of slowness and things like that that relate back to these way that it was set up back in the 50s so a blockchain can improve a lot of that and make it so that we have this much bigger market hopefully of thousands or even tens of thousands of securities that we can trade all over the world and access and unlock a lot of capital
0: yeah so then in theory they the one of the big benefits as an investor would be you would have access to way more potential investments than you would at the current way the industry is run,
1: correct? Yeah, hopefully you'd have you'll have access to more more investments and capital will just move around the world more. It'll be easier to take exposure to things. I I, I would like to invest in Syria, but it's very difficult to invest in Syria. Uh, there, there's a lot of different areas, and and if you if it's easier for people to invest around the world, it just it unlocks capital. The invention of the first stock unlocked a lot of capital. It was a Dutch East India company. Before that, you used to have kind of, you know, one investor, one shipping expedition. And this, somebody invented a stock, the first uh, publicly traded stock, and they made a, a new way to do it better. That's the way that I view this technology. You take the same sort of businesses, but if you unlock the way that they can get capital, then you can have a lot more investors and you could have you may own a hundred bucks worth of your favorite sandwich shop. I mean, everybody has a favorite restaurant in town. Uh, Why don't you own a little bit of equity? Why not? The owner would probably like it. You'd probably like it. Uh, the reason you don't is because it's a big pain. It's it's not practical for an owner to manage a ledger, especially for small investments like a hundred bucks. It's much more effective if you have these. You know, you know, to make it worthwhile for something like a small business, usually it's got to be, you know, ten, 10 grand, fifty grand, a hundred grand or more. But with if if you have uh, a decentralized ledger, you could have it trading in a much easier way. So it's both the opportunity for the. Uh, entrepreneurs and the business owners from small all the way to very large and it's an opportunity for investors ranging from individuals but also uh, you know investment pools you know people mutual funds and professional investors will be able to invest in, in a wider variety of investments Chamber are you confused yet? Oh no very 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 confused
2: uh, No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually had a, a couple of questions uh, first you said you wanted I wasn't sure if you said you wanted to invest in Syria or or invest in the securities within Syria. Um, are we longing Syria right now? Is that what well, we're doing? Well, <laughs> I mean, that's just
1: me personally. It's not something I'm recommending. But I, I, when when I when something is on its way to recovery, that typically is a good investment. That's something I learned from Jim Rogers, who is a great investor he traveled around the world and did all kinds of cool things he co-founded the quantum fund with george soros there's a couple old videos i've met him a few, he's not really what i'd call a friend but i've met him a few times over the years and gotten advice from him there's a couple videos online of me talking to him years ago and he predict predicted a lot of a lot of things but um anyway that's just one example to be able to take an investment like that it would be very very difficult even for me as a professional investor to try and have the infrastructure to go over to syria and i and it's not something i would it's not like a major corporate strategy we're not going to put 20 million dollars in syria right. but as an individual in an individual portfolio it might be interesting for people to be able to have exposure like that and, so, and you're saying to an individual country yeah, individual country, you can you can get more granular on your investments. You can go to individual countries, individual in- industries, and the reverse works too. So you could have your local pizza house that you invest in because it's your favorite place and you sure. think it's great and you want to support the owner. So maybe you buy a hundred dollars worth of stock, but maybe there's a Chinese billionaire who's building a portfolio of United States pizza houses because he <laughs> wants to compete with uh, Pizza Hut and maybe he invests $10,000 in, in the pizza business and maybe he has, and then his portfolio becomes worth a billion and then he supports it and has a plan. Those are the kind of cool things that you can do with capital. It's just everything's owned by somebody. This, is, They're already securities. If you look out your window if you're in a city, everything you see is a security. All the buildings are owned typically by corporations. So that's a form of security. All the businesses are absolutely corporations and that's a form of security. And that ranges from the smallest businesses in your town to the largest businesses in the world they're all securities and if we unlocked that and made it so we could trade all of them then it's good for the owners it's good for the people who are advising and and investing it's good for the people in a community and you can you can diversify who owns what because it's very difficult a lot of value is locked up in these big uh you know buildings so to speak or big organizations that that it doesn't move around easily And, and a better ledger will help uh important step in making it so that it moves around the world easier
0: i'm really interested in this pizza investing strategy (laughs) (laughs) good (laughs) um so what about you know you mentioned a little bit about um what are the what are the big Hurdles with regulation when it comes to this, uh, you know, we're still kind of in this wild west when it comes to you know ICOs and KYC, and obviously it's kind of going that way. Um, you know, what are the big risks for, or what are the things we need from a regulation standpoint to, um, you know, really make this happen?
1: Yeah, the regulations are often misunderstood. A lot of people don't really understand, you know, securities and utility tokens and that kind of thing. It's becoming more clear. The SEC has been, I think, very clear in their explanations, and it's pretty consistent with what we thought and what a lot of the attorneys and other experts that we listen to think, and that's basically that a security is a security. It's been defined by these laws for 85 years in the United States. You can look it up, and it is what it is. That's not going to change. That law is extremely unlikely to change because, for the simple fact that there's trillions of dollars in capital that rely on it, and, and the, the, the laws that have been around for 85 5 years aren't going to change just because Bitcoin and its friends come along. So the law is what it is. And and many of the laws, by the way, are actually, even for me as a very low government kind of person, many of the laws are actually pretty good laws. They protect things like your, your property and your shareholder rights and these kind of things. So securities are what they are and they're here. And those laws are existing in the United States and the SEC is going to continue to enforce those laws. And to try and go around them and pretend that something's a utility when it's really a security is a very flawed strategy because it, it is what it is. Same with being an activist and saying, oh, forget it. We're going to ignore the regulators. We're just going to do whatever we want because we're cypherpunks and freedom you know right. rah rah that's viva not a la,
2: good viva la re- revolucion you know yeah it's not a good strategy <laughs> there would be the
1: equivalent you mentioned you mentioned the weed shop it would be the equivalent of saying i'm going to open a weed shop in a state where it's illegal right you know forget you that's not good activist. that's a person who's going to go to jail it's a, it's a bad activist the good activist would push to change the law and the second part of your question that you asked is what parts of the law would we change the biggest thing that i would do is get rid of the accredited investor laws now those are pretty mm-hmm. like the securities laws. they're part of the securities laws and 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 so therefore they're pretty hard to get it get rid of uh but they are newer than some of the other rules and and there's been a lot piled on with especially with aml kyc which is much newer that's more like 90s and 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 even post 9-11 where that increased uh further uh, in the in the even when I started in the industry, there was no real AML KYC. Uh, you could open a, an account over the phone just with your voice. You didn't even need to give your ID. You didn't even need to sign it. Really? You could just tell them. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's, it's strange that we as a society have gotten so used to this AML that we think it's some sort of birthright of government. Like, oh, oh, yeah, oh yeah, boy, of course. You know, we've got to have AML KYC. <laughs> and the, real, the truth is, well, you know, why? You know, why? Who says? It's not a good mm. law, it doesn't protect the people. There's no victim. Have you ever heard anyone in the history of the world say that, oh man, my life was ruined because of AML-KYC? Are there grannies who are going to the state regulators saying, hey, you got to do something about this AML-KYC? Are there entrepreneurs who are asking for it? Nobody. Nobody cares about AML-KYC. There's no public will whatsoever to have AML-KYC. The only reason for KML kyc is so that the IRS can help you Get your tax get that get their cut they want to get your taxes and so people kind of grudgingly accept it but you know let's not pretend that it's about saving the world or stopping you know horrible crimes or terrorism or something like that the truth is it it doesn't and it hasn't and the laws are a real crippling effect on the way that capital is formed which is the whole purpose of capital markets to f- to have the formation of capital so the credit investor laws are in my opinion terrible we ought to get rid of them and uh, if we can't get rid of them, like I said, it is very hard to get rid of them. Maybe we could loosen them up quite a bit. Maybe you could make them more easy to self-certify, maybe make it easier for, uh, you know, lower the limits, something like that. That that would so be one thing what I'd would, do. So
2: what would we say? Now, obviously, we see we, I hear a lot of commercials for um, for apps you can get on your phone where you can buy stock in Apple and, and this and that. What um, what are the accredited investment laws Prohibiting people from doing. So, is it a certain amount? Uh, obviously, this is in the US
1: yeah uh, so the accredited investor, it's mainly about how you, it's for the companies who are raising money basically. If you want to raise money in the United States and that money is through a security, which by the way is is a lot of things. Security is a very broad thing, particularly if you're doing something like raising a token for your startup, that's almost always going to be considered a security. So if you're if you're raising money for a for a business enterprise, that falls under the definition of security you have two ways to do it you can either be uh... what's called registered which means you register with the SEC and say hey we're offering a security here's how much F- fill out a ton of paperwork spend well over a million dollars or you do what's called an exemption you say okay we're not going to be publicly traded we're not going to fill all this paperwork but in exchange the SEC will let you do it if you fall under one of these exemptions there's nine or so major exemptions reg d reg a reg a plus 50 whatever this and that and each one has a little bit different rules most of those regu- of those exemptions say hey you're allowed to raise money for your security as long as the investors are accredited, okay. so that means that the investors have to have a certain net worth. They have to have income of uh, a certain amount. They have to have a, a net worth of a certain amount. Is that uh, is or, that number about two hundred thousand, two hundred fifty thousand? About two hundred thousand in income, a million dollars. There's quite a few different. A lot of people aren't aware of this. There's actually different. Uh, you know, it's not as cut and dry as it seems. There's certain investment professionals. If you have an investment fund with over $5 million, you know, there's different things like that. But in general, and it's also up to a firm, most firms will say something like $200,000, $250, and a million dollars. Uh, you know, and then, then some will count liquid, non-liquid, exclude, right. you know, a lot of times the home is excluded, like in the United States, for example. Gotcha. But anyway, what the, the problem with this is that uh, if you raise under the exemptions, the, the, the security can only be sold to other accredited investors during a certain period of time. And so from a token standpoint, that's very clunky, because you can't trade a token like you could trade a Monero because you're gonna to have to have if, if you if it if the law says that it's got to be accredited well that adds a whole bunch of new stuff on it that says well if it's got to be accredited that means somebody somewhere needs a database that says here's this person's name here's the security or the token that they own and here's this signed thing from somebody or some proof that says that here's what their net worth is. Well, that's a problem because that means you need a centralized database, which is the whole thing we're trying to avoid. Mm -hmm. So there's some tricks around that. and There's some clever ways where you might be able to have your cake and eat it too. But that's a problem that needs to be solved.
0: Yeah. So then in theory... Uh, you know, if those laws aren't tightened up, at least in the U.S., that would restrict, you know, pretty much most of the consumer market, correct?
1: For those exempt offerings, if you have something that's fully registered, then, which is one thing that's really interesting to me, then then no. Like, for example, Apple is a security, but you do not need to be accredited to buy Apple. Anybody can buy Apple. That's what you mentioned about the apps. So that's because that's a listed security. Now, it's, expensive to become a listed security like Apple. And it's very difficult once you do it. You're looking at at least a million dollars to set up and a million dollars a year, probably closer to a million and a half or more. Apple obviously as a huge company spends you know, many multiples of that, probably tens and tens of millions that they have to spend on compliance just, just to comply with the rules to be public. And that's another thing that would be nice to get rid of. I mean, why? Why does it cost a million? I mean, that's just something that's, I find that offensive as a capitalist and a stockbroker and, and somebody who's been governed by the SEC for, in some form, for 27 years. I find it offensive that I call my lawyers and say, hey, I want to go public. Well, it's a million dollars. Well, Why? Who the heck says it's a million dollars? That's crazy. Everybody should be able to buy what they want. And by the way, the markets would work a lot better if they did. These, this illusion that regulations are going to protect us uh, is false. Regulations do not protect us. Bernie Madoff was the head of the main regulator. Let's not forget that. Bernie Madoff was the head of the main regulator. They've kind of scrubbed that from his bio a little bit, but with a couple extra clicks, you can find that. So and now he regulations, wants to run for president regulations oh, that's a, that's do not work <laughs> <laughs> yeah well they, they, they both bernie madoff and bernie sanders have something in common they both steal oh. out of your pocket Oh, <laughs> 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 that's funny
0: <laughs> so uh, uh backtracking to the actual technology a little bit um when these securities are going to be built now on their tokens, are what's your opinion on how they're going to be built? Will they, you know, kind of how we see now, each each security
1: might choose a different blockchain to build on and things like that? Yeah, I think blockchains will end up being kind of like jurisdictions, just like securities now. Some of them set up in Delaware. Some are now choosing Wyoming. Some choose the Cayman Islands. I think it'll be the same. Some securities are going to choose Ethereum. Some are going to choose Bitcoin. Some are going to choose something else. And there's a lot of platforms out there that are working on this. Tokens is a big thing. Security tokens a very big thing so there's a lot of protocols that are trying to work on this because they recognize the potential so i think it'll be like jurisdictions i think issuers will decide say hey here's what the benefits and drawbacks each chain has strengths and weaknesses there isn't any that i consider to be well there's chains that are very strong there isn't any sort of overall solution and protocol that i consider to be perfect at this stage i like some uh, but there's nothing that's perfect. It's going to be a little while before anything has all the solutions, and even then, there probably be multiple. Hopefully, there'll be multiple that are not perfect, but they sort of solve everything you'd need. And you know, I would, I would, I would predict that. And this is very hard space to predict in, but I would predict that if this thing works, there will be multiple chains—not thousands, but but several major chains uh, that do slightly different things for different issuers.
0: And then. You know, if they are kind of treated in SAWS uh, as jurisdictions, that would kind of play into how they're evaluated, correct? I mean, that would kind of be another metric to value them on?
1: Yeah, and that's one thing that you'll have to, that securities analysis of the future will have to look at. How is the strength of the chain? Just like, they, just like they have to look at how the strength of the jurisdiction is now. If I have two tech companies, they both do 10 million in sales. They both have the same patents. One is domiciled in Switzerland or San Francisco and the other one is domiciled in Nigeria The one in nigeria is going to trade at a discount because of their legal structure that jurisdiction is a terrible terrible jurisdiction you can't even open up bank accounts uh whereas san francisco or switzerland are very good jurisdictions so there would be a a huge premium between those there might be a slightly less premium if it's something um you know like the united states and canada but there's a little bit more from the united states and mexico for example so i think we would see that and you may and it depends on the issuers and how the things are valued somebody who is doing something um that really needs a lot of scalability, they may take trade-offs and issue it on EOS and say, okay, EOS has uh, some trade-offs, but they're very scalable. Uh, somebody who puts security first and decentralization where they really, really need it totally uncensorable, and they say, okay, this is, you know, maybe it's some kind of security from uh, a jurisdiction that has a major nation state that's an enemy or, you know, some kind of, uh, like, if, like if WikiLeaks wanted to do a security offering for their stock, uh they'd probably want to use the bitcoin chain because then it can't be censored uh at least certainly not very easily so there's going to be strengths and weaknesses of different chains for different projects so what exactly
0: are you doing with chainstone labs how does that play into everything
1: Well, I do a lot of interesting things with it. Uh, The most well-known is the events that we do, some of these Satoshi roundtables and things. We're kind of quiet about what we do, but we have been working very, very seriously in the securities token space longer than I think anyone and investing and planning and doing a lot very, very strategically with a very long-term plan. And uh, I think it's coming together quite well. And there will be you know, more and more of that revealed as time goes on. But the some of the public things are, you know, things like the events and my work on the boards of Medici and T-Zero, part of the Overstock family. And then some of the things that Ch- Chainstone are doing with, uh, you know, very much regulated securities advisory work. We're working on an app and a lot of things that re- relate to kind of uh, investment advisory services. The other thing that we're going to be doing is helping because I, I was a fin member. My FINRA license is not active right now, but I was a FINRA member for 18 years. So another thing we're going to be doing is helping startups who are doing things with tokenized securities who've suddenly found themselves in need of regulatory help and licenses. We can help people get licensed. We can consult startups, help them get their license, help them get in compliance with the rules and do the things that they need to do to get uh, a, a, a FINRA license. We know how to do that so we could direct somebody in the right way. So those are some of the things that we're going to be working on. In the future, and uh, you know, n- none of these things are live. R- r- you know, most of them aren't really live or sort of consumer uh, re- focused right now. A lot of it is sort of behind the scenes investing and that kind of thing that we've been focused on. Uh, talk a little bit
0: about the Satoshi Roundtable. It seems like a pretty awesome event. Uh, Chamber, you're not allowed. You're not invited.
2: <laughs> no, I haven't. Got- I've been. Wa- I'm waiting for my invitation, but I
1: have not seen it. No. <laughs> yeah the roundtable is great the original idea was to have something a little less chaotic sort of an introverts conference something focused more on high signal to noise ratio keeping it kind of a little bit more quiet and it's gotten you know sometimes for better or worse sort of this reputation of being very exclusive and that's because a lot of great folks have come but it's not Designed to be exclusionary, it's just limited in space. The whole purpose is to have it be small. And given the number of people that come, who are a big draw, if we just opened up uh, tickets, we'd have 2,000 people. It'd be like consensus, and then sure. I'd have to do a new conference. Say, <laughs> okay, let me make a small <laughs> one again. And <laughs> and if anything, we like it even smaller. The ro- the popularity of the roundtable has made it grow quite a bit. So it's it's almost getting a little hard to manage. And we try and keep it small and the big thing all the attendees say is hey I want it a little smaller next year and um, so what what we've done is created some mini roundtables we just had one about a week ago and it's topics specific so this one was focused on securities tokens and digital securities which is my thing so it was really great it was very easy to get a very good group of people we only had about uh, 30 40 people And we did it right in New Hampshire, which for our company is a much easier logistics thing than going to, you know, the Caribbean or something with, you know, 500 (laughs) people. So it was very nice, very high end, very, uh, you know, good food, you know, just just sort I try and design it to be something that I would like to attend. And the team and my wife and everybody else who works on it, we've gotten pretty good at it now. This is our ninth event. Uh, we've done wow. five round, five big roundtables, one mini roundtable, and then uh, three other little events. Well, let's say more than that, maybe we did. We did two. Uh, we did the Dubai Bitcoin Conference, and then we did two New Hampshire conferences called the Free State uh, Digital Assets Conference. So, so yeah, nine events total, I think. And we've learned a little bit about it, and we, we you know we just try and do something that we would like because I'm about work first. I'm not in the in the conference business. You know we don't we don't do these to make money. Uh, right. We don't even have sponsors. I mean, eventually we should. I don't I don't. Um, promote too much the fact that we don't have sponsors, because I don't want it to sound like a nonprofit. I I would have sponsors, I just don't have time to, you know, go chase them. And I don't have uh, a salesperson on our team who, who is going to bother with that. The main value and what's much more valuable to, to us than sponsorships is just getting together with people and learning. I've gotten to do some very, very good investments and have a lot of luck in this space because of knowledge. And it's not because of me being smart, it's because of me hanging around with people who are smart. So I try and hang around with as many smart people as I can as much as I can, and if I can host an event, then it's even better because I get to pick the smart people that are there, invite people, encourage people to come. We all learn from each other, and that format's worked pretty well. People tend to like it and they want to come back. I think this little one that we just did last week was one of our most successful events. I bet you, I bet you, we don't have our surveys back yet, but I bet you our uh, satisfaction on that is even higher than the big round table. I loved it, and I think the I think the attendees loved it because it's just sort of you know small. The cat work group focused everybody talking about the same topic you're talking about very specific things you know how do we do this how do we work it's like and you're getting knowledge from some of the best experts so i like it i, I and and we 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 have some really cool property up in new hampshire that we have access to there's a big uh resort there's a big farm there's campgrounds there's all kinds of cool things that the, we can uh, do
2: is this the bohemian grove of
1: uh <laughs> <laughs> of crypto this, is, this sounds think, awesome <laughs> yeah i'd i'd call it more like like the crypto shire yeah we're going to try and cr- create something cool up here in new hampshire you know new hampshire's the free state live free or die That's is the right. motto and we chose it because it's got proximity to boston and mit harvard everything it's got a huge crypto community up here there's a bunch of dash developers a bunch of bitcoin bitcoin cash there's a bunch of people who uh come from the tech way down in boston which is only less than an hour away and it's a it's a great a great spot you got the ocean it's cool we're in kind of a cool you know sort of town that a lot of young people like and so it's a great com- crypto community and we've got access to these really cool this cool farm and cool resort that we can bring people up to and just you know That's learn awesome. and uh, yeah well, Bags and packs. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well with the with the mini round tables we'll have see you know i always feel bad because and a lot of people get mad at me because they can't get into the regular round table. So this will be a way to get more people in because with the mini round tables, like this one was funny. It was, we had just about 40 seats and it was, you know, we had like 44 confirm, but I know I, I confirmed extra on purpose because I knew a few would cancel. And I said, well, if everybody shows up, I'll just have my staff stand in the back or we'll, I'll skip my meal. <laughs> you know, I, I can skip my steak and. Give somebody else my state. That usually doesn't happen. We've done enough events that we know that you know somebody's gonna. So it end up being like perfect. And I th- and I think that we could do that for these. We're gonna do a Bitcoin focused one, hopefully in the summer, and then the next one will be more like free market. And then you know I, I'm gonna try and spread the word. Maybe this will be partly done right now by talking on your show. But I want to spread the <laughs> word to people in different communities, whether it's Ethereum, Ethereum Classic, EOS, ADA, Bitcoin. Offshoots of Bitcoin, RSK, Liquid, whatever. I want to spread the word that most of these folks I know, and hopefully they'll come to our events. But I always want to spread the word, like, hey, if you if you want to do something, I'll help you do an event. Maybe we, you know, once we get the this, what we our goal is to do a few this year, do three mini roundtables, and if it works, and I but judging by the first one, it will. Maybe next year we do ten. So almost every month you got some different topic, you got the, the EOS mini roundtable, and then the next month you have got the Ethereum mini roundtable, you got a couple Bitcoin ones and maybe a overall open source not Bitcoin, uh, maybe a couple securities tokens, whatever. Uh, I think that's a good format that people learn and appreciate. You know, and again, we're not in the events business. This is just an ancillary thing we do to try and learn ourselves. So, you know, you know, we'll just see how it unfolds. Maybe we end up doing just a couple a year, but if it works, we could do more.
0: Sure. One more question about uh, the securities market. How, I mean, actually, I guess two. When do you see this kind of all coming to fruition in a big way? I mean, it sounds like it's starting to now, but obviously there's still tons that needs to happen um, before it, it really gets going. When do you think it's it? we see something like this take it's, really big hold?
1: It's quite exciting because it's... My thought coming out of the Securities Mini Roundtable was simultaneously, wow, this is bigger and faster moving than I ever thought and even faster than I know. And that's a pretty bold statement because I've been talking about this for years since before almost anyone and I've been very 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 bullish on it but I'm really seeing it now there is more investment in this than there was in the entire bitcoin and blockchain space around 2013 and 14 maybe even 15 I mean there wow. the level of money and the serious players that are coming into this tokenized securities thing is amazing so that's the one thing the other thing is getting rolling up your sleeves and getting into these nitty-gritty of these conversations. It's stunning how little we know and how mm-hmm. early we are. I you know, self-assess myself as a pretty good expert on this topic and I feel like I've barely scratched the surface of what I know. And I think that the people in the room there, I think if you were to say, you know, top 20 experts on the topic in the world, I mean, we might have had 15 or 18 of them there and the other wow. people might have been sort of top 50 top 100 as well there's just and that's partly because it's a new field there's not that many people doing it but we did have you know major developers major ceos people who know as much or more about it than i do and that's unusual for me There's just you know i have this unusual life where i've been doing securities a long time and doing bitcoin a long time just by nature of the time, I should have some pretty good knowledge about it, especially having focused on it. But there's a lot of people like that now. There's a lot of people with a lot of depth. And that's really interesting. So that makes me, that part of it makes me say like, wow, yes, we've come far. Yes, it's huge. But my goodness, there's whole problems we haven't even thought of yet. But the good news is, there's enough machines behind it. There, there's four or five people that have this this thing that I alluded to when I was talking about AML, kind of making it more decentralized and kind of having your cake and eat it too, making it more cypherpunk. So money, money or securities can move around more easily, but you can still comply with the law. And there's you know, four or five groups working about the same sort of solution for that, which is kind of a wallet-based solution where your wallet knows who you are, but the security doesn't. So the security or coin can move mm-hmm. all over freely like a Monero can, but only when it gets to your wallet does it know who you are. Now, that's the last mile of that is a very difficult thing to do. Right. And the best and brightest minds in the world are working on it in five different ways, five different projects. But it will get solved and i think a lot of these things will solve be solved and i really predict that you know 10 years from now that's where you want to look at 10 years from now i think that the whole world will be completely different it'll be like s- this will do for securities what smartphones have done for computing you know we, we wow. have com- computers in our pocket i mean it's so yeah. crazy now it sounds it's it's it sounds so plain that it sounds silly to say i have a computer in my pocket everybody's like uh yeah we know (laughs) like (laughs) of course Uh, i remember the last time you know apple had that line for years when you'd go into the apple store and and you look at the ipad and they'd say yeah it's like a mini computer and somebody said that to me like five years ago and i kind of looked up like really (laughs) like you don't think i know that but now five years even as little as five years later nobody Nobody would say, even to a child, you wouldn't pull out the new iPhone and say, wow, this is like a computer. Everybody knows it's like a computer. But 10 years ago, it didn't even exist. So that's the way that I think this is going to be. I think in 10 years, people aren't even going to remember the old world of securities. It's just going to be really cool. You're going to look on your phone, and you may have thousands of securities, and you're going to have exposure to all different kinds of things. And the world's just going to work different. A lot of things people won't notice unless they're in the investment business, if they're a stockbroker, a fund manager, a hedge fund manager, portfolio pension manager, something like that. But the end users will notice some of it and the world will change a lot. The back end will change a lot and there'll be a lot more capital unlocked. And hopefully that'll create a whole new growth for the global economy like nothing else we've seen before.
2: Very cool. Very cool. Chamber, you you in? I, I'm in. I, it's funny you say that about uh, you know the kids and the iPads and uh, and uh, you know we take it for granted uh, this Sunday uh, my family, I got two daughters uh, one's five years old and both my wife and I forgot, like we got in the car, we started driving and my wife's like oh shit I forgot my phone and I go to check mine and I actually forgot my phone too so we both forgot our phones <laughs> what? I that's it's the weirdest cr- thing the I've the craziest ever heard. thing that's <laughs> ever happened so we're uh, my daughter wanted to go to a cafe for breakfast she wanted to have like a hot chocolate on a muffin so we're like ah screw it we're gonna go I said you know 15 years ago this was not a problem Uh, (laughs) and she's like and my daughter looked at us she's like neither of you have a phone she's like what are we gonna do (laughs) and I said I said it's perfectly fine I said we're we're gonna we're gonna make it through, and within like a minute, I you know I asked my wife to Shazam uh, a song on the radio, and I'm like, oh yeah, shit, we don't have our phones. Uh, <laughs> <not funny. laughs> but we made that's we awesome. made it. We made it about two hours. Uh, actually, maybe a little bit more than maybe like three hours. No phones. So I was I was pretty wow. pretty happy. Good for that. you. That's pretty good. That's
0: a long time, especially with kids.
2: <laughs> yeah, crazy, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: But my daughter was all right. my daughter was beside herself. She's like, I don't know how we're supposed to live without our phones. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know. I'm
0: so addicted to my damn phone, it's impossible. But anyway, all right. Bruce, thank you so much for that. That um, that was an awesome conversation. So I hope everybody out there took uh, took a little away from that. But now, in True Rex podcast fashion, we are going to have some fun. So, right here on your Twitter, it says that you are a comic nerd, comic geek. Um, so, we are going to we're going to draft. We like to do these drafts on here. We're going to draft our favorite superheroes of all time. So, we have. Uh, we're going into the superhero draft here. Um the draft order is going to be Bruce Chamber, myself, Cynthia, and we'll go in snake order. We're gonna pick three each. So Bruce,
1: you are on the clock. Oh, I'm first? Yeah, Ooh, one
2: overall pick. <laughs> you get you get the one oh
1: one. And what's the purpose? To, so to be we, the most powerful? So, what, yeah, so we
2: go ahead, go, go ahead. ahead.
1: I was gonna say uh what we'll do
2: is we will um we will then take our teams uh, mm-hmm. We will post them uh, tomorrow, okay um, And we will let Twitter kind of figure out uh, by using a poll we'll let Twitter be the decider of who's who's the winner. I am historically very, very poor at these. And I would say the guest usually wins these more often than not. All right. Um, so you're a, <laughs> And
1: can it be heroes and villains could be heroes, yeah, could be sure. heroes whatever you want to do. All right. so I'll say, oh villains too. Well, yeah, yeah one I like of it. them is kind of—he's kind of neutral, but he's really powerful. A lot of people don't know him, but geeks will know him. That's Molecule Man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> Molecule Man—you know how—you know how—you know Professor—you know—you know how Magneto can control metal. Yes. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Molecule Man can control molecules. That's messed up. Uh, that is pretty powerful. <laughs> so uh, that is yeah, Wait, that is Wait, quite is it the It's bad that power. I've never
0: heard of Molecule Man. Well, you they know, kind of wrote I him out Magneto. of the comic books.
1: They wrote him out of the comic books once they realized that it didn't work. Because he could right, just
2: he's too do everything. Right. Uh, so, Molecule Man. Yeah. Who, Whose universe is this? Is
1: DC? Professor X.
2: I'll go oh, with.
0: wait 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 wait. You only have you only go one at a time. Whoa, sorry. <laughs> no, oh sorry. Oh somebody's don't gonna take away. somebody. Yeah, I hope nobody heard away. what I
1: said there. <laughs> it might have been a ruse. I might have just thrown out some name that you thought you <laughs> heard just to <laughs> throw you off, warfare. so that you don't know that you're about to lose. <laughs> 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 All right, Tabor, you're keeping tabs of these. For right, the record, so... I
2: know I'm about to lose. Uh, <laughs> and just so you're curi- you're on the clock. Curiosity, Molecule Man is from DC or Marvel or? He's from Marvel. Marvel. Okay. Well, I'm not going with uh, I'm not going with Molecule Man. Obviously, uh, I'm gonna go <laughs> with um, I think I'm gonna go with uh, hmm, I think Superman. I think I'm gonna go with Superman, the Man of
1: Steel. Um, good
2: choice. I gotta win. I gotta win one of these. I am notoriously bad at these, uh,
1: so I'm, I'm gonna try to play to the crowd. Good. Super- Superman might have been my next. That was a good one.
0: Okay, so my turn, and then Cynthia, you go twice. Yes, I'm going to go with, um, oh, man, I don't <laughs> know. I'm going to go with Wolverine. Damn Ooh. you!
1: That was mine. I'm going with I knew rate. he'd never make it past the first draft. <laughs> <laughs> Do you? In every right, game, Cynthia. from every childhood uh, playground to every adult in the world, Wolverine's always picked first.
0: <laughs> yes, he's great. So, Cynthia, you yeah. have you have two in a row now. Son of a bitch, you took my number one. Okay, <laughs> my two are Thor. Ooh, ooh. You're just yes. going on a hotness, and, aren't you? Well, kind of, <laughs> yes, but not really. And. Iron Man. Ooh, Oh, good one. That's a good one. Good one. Good one. All right, now it's back to me. I think I. Ha- I don't want to pick this one, but I feel like I have to for voting purposes. I'm going with Spider Man. So Wolverine, Wolverine, and Spider Man for my first two. Chamber, you are on the clock. Are you kidding clock.
2: me? You're leaving me with Batman. I will take Batman <laughs> and Superman and get. Uh, I think uh, Yeah, I think I'm winning this one for sure. <laughs>
0: All right, Bruce, you have back-to-back picks to round out your draft. Wow! All right.
1: Well, nobody got Professor X, so I might as well get no, him. No, I felt,
2: I felt I needed to give it to you. I, I,
1: <laughs> yeah, but I really wanted Superman for my third. But So instead of Superman, I'm going to go with another oddball one like I did Molecule Man. I'm going to yeah. pick the Beyonder. The Beyonder. I don't, I don't even, even know that who that is. is. I, nobody does. The Beyonder in in the, like 1984, a series called Secret Wars, all the superheroes in the Marvel Universe got teleported to a planet by this super all-powerful <laughs> being who kicked all their butts, and his name was the Beyonder. <laughs> That's fantastic. I'm down That's with so teleportation. we right, got to so- go to win on this thing. It's all about strategy. So we got two real powerful characters, beings and professor X. I'm, I'm, I'm,
0: so you may you may need to editorialize your draft tomorrow when we post yeah this, yeah I definitely you, most need to people win the vote don't um, i don't need to explain
1: yeah. nothing to <laughs> nobody <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so your your final team is molecule man uh professor, professor x and the beyond people
1: have people have they can do one of two things. They can say, "Oh, let me use Google on the internet machine," or they can do the smart thing and just say, "This is Bruce Fenton. I'm going to trust what he says." <laughs> <laughs> trust, exactly. Don't he verify. He knows what he's talking about. No, I like it. It's <laughs> fantastic.
0: All right, Chamber, you are on the clock for your last pick here. Um,
2: uh, can I pick like a like a a group? Uh no no okay because right. I really like I, negative can I pick, can I pick five yeah can people? I pick like oh. just seven people at a time uh, <laughs> I pick all of the X Men
1: <laughs> the DC universe
2: <laughs> okay I'm gonna go because what I really wanted to do I'm I re, like I've probably mentioned this a hundred times already but I'm a big big fan of Teen Titans Go um, so I would take all of that 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 group um, Teen Titans
1: go. I'm a big the fan. Raven is on Teen Titans Go that's what I'm I would saying I think the
2: Raven. <laughs> I, I, yeah,
1: I think um, Raven is very good. Highly recommend Raven.
2: Well, you know what? <laughs> uh, as an homage to my favorite television show currently, I will go with Raven from uh, from Teen Titans. Wow, I'm gonna vote All for right. you. Nice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um all right so i'm going i'm just going with the vote here what i think will be popular enough to win me this uh i'm going with deadpool as my, Ooh, nice. as my last i'm gonna lose this poll
1: here i was with thinking about how are. to win in a strategy of like battle but i'm uh, but it's really twitter that i was gaming for so yeah. i'm
2: yeah i'm probably gonna they're all know, dumb on twitter should have known better
1: <laughs> well they you guys you guys can have the likes but if there's a global apocalypse my guys oh, you're winning you're right. right so i think you, you, molecule can, man you can enjoy your it. likes from your bomb shelter
0: <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if there's wi-fi down there it might not work <laughs> right all right cynthia oh you're wait you have one, yeah, more? She has one more yeah i have one more all right okay my last one i gotta put a woman in there okay Catwoman. oh yeah for nice. sure cat woman Catwoman a cat over Wonder Woman. Interesting. Yeah, no, Catwoman is like she's the original bad. Woman. She's sneaky, you know? Like, I like that she kind of has, has a bad side. If I would have picked a woman, I would have gone with like Jessica Jones, I think, because uh, th- uh, I watched that show on Netflix. Like, long <laughs> ago, and she's kind of badass. Um, so, all right, what are the final results here, okay. Chamber? You got them?
2: So, we got Bruce coming in with Molecule Man, Professor X, and The Beyonder. Uh, <laughs> the ones that i'm looking up both molecule man and the beyond draft the this.
0: comic the comic book geeks though are uh, gonna vote for him y- for yeah sure. they're gonna come
2: in droves uh i have uh, superman batman and raven uh bunch my you my team is so good you got a good team bunch uh i got wolverine <laughs> spider-man and deadpool
0: yeah, that's that's a win. And
2: not thing. to be uh, not to be outdone, Cynthia is coming in with Thor, Iron Man, and Catwoman. Yeah. That's pretty
1: there.
0: This
2: is not a very
1: very very good team. If they put them all together in one <laughs> big team, it would be really be quite epic. Yeah, <laughs> Bruce, what do you have?
0: By, what do you have behind you? Is that Batman?
1: Yes, this is Batman here, and then and then that's my art thing. That's Captain America's shield. This is a oh, that's um, cool. I've got a. I don't know what this is some kind of toy Oh <laughs> Fallout that's what that is Yeah the Batman's pretty oh, awesome. cool though Very cool That's yeah this that is very been, cool
0: This should have been one that we like live streamed
1: yeah, no, we should have.
0: put this not so figure that out. But uh, it's us. I, we we hit the jackpot on that one. We were like, "Oh, what can we do fun with Bruce?" We're like, "All right, superhero draft." I like sure. it. It was fun. <laughs> that's <is> awesome. <laughs> but uh, that's gonna do it for us, Bruce. We want to give you the floor to just kind of mention anything else that uh, you want to work that you're working on, anything you want to talk about. Um, how can people find you? Everything like that. Well,
1: uh, save the world. The environment is important, and you can find me on Twitter
0: awesome what's your is it just at twitter bruce phantom yes yep at bruce Fenton. perfect um that's gonna do it for us bruce we really appreciate it that was a lot of fun great conversation um and that's it for us so for until sure. next time all right don't get wrecked and that is financial advice